Welcome, welcome to the Women Entrepreneur Show. This is Julie Anderson, aka Brain Lady Julie. And once again, I am very excited to be here with you and the community uh, for women entrepreneurs. And I'm really, we're so excited. We are getting, we are international and we are bringing in international experts to help you in your business. And today is one of those international interviews that we are going to do. And it is with Vix Monroe. And we are so excited. Welcome, Vix, to the Women Entrepreneurs Podcast, videocast. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm excited to be here. This is so awesome. So awesome. So let me read everyone because we're going to be talking about money today. And when you are a woman entrepreneur, especially, I think it's a little different with men. I think men tend to to be a little bit uh, more focused on on the retirement or on collecting those funds and holding on to those funds or investing those funds as they go through their their life, but or their business. But women entrepreneurs tend to be, in my opinion, or in my experience, I should say, a little bit more heart focused. And that might be we're going to talk about this a little bit more with Vix and help us to to manage our money a little bit better. And as she says, retire rich. So. <laughs> I'm going to read a little bit of her. I'm going to read a little bit of your background, Vix. Um, she's an entrepreneur, an author, a money enthusiast, and an eternal optimist. I love that eternal optimist. Her background is in in accountancy, economics, pricing, and her career has spanned over 30 years. She includes she has a master's in economics, a master's of science degree in economics, and she's ran her own business for the last 12 years. She is passionate about money, investing, and the economy. Her mission is to help women step into their financial power and become money savvy in life and business. She believes we all have the ability to transform our money mindset, rewrite our money story, and become financially empowered. And when you do this, then life can be, in her opinion, life can be more liberating, life-changing, and Fun. She was born in New Zealand. She arrived in London at the age of 23 with just 30 pounds in her pocket, and she has not looked back. She doesn't like sitting still. She loves to travel, taste, try new things, and be on video cast. So welcome again, Vix. We are so happy to have you here on the program. Thank you. So I got to ask my first question that I really like to ask is, you know, in reading in reading the bio, you have that you arrived in London. So from New Zealand to, to London at 23, with just a few pounds in your pocket, what made you like, what made you make that move and then get into finance? Like why did, how did, how did that, what does that look like for us? Yeah. Well, I mean, I was obviously young when I came, I was 23. I'd been at university in New Zealand but I had always wanted to travel. For some reason, I had this real zest to travel and see the world. I remember being a teenager sitting down with a map of planning my world trip. And when I arrived in the UK with 30 pounds in my pocket, I've been backpacking around Southeast Asia for around seven weeks and as well as two weeks in Australia. So I've been traveling for nine weeks. And the reality is I spent a lot more money than I'd planned to spend. We'd taken some internal flights instead of overnight buses. I bought a camera. And, you know, the next thing you know, <laughs> there's only 30 pounds left when, when I arrived in the country here in the UK. Now, we were lucky because we had a friend in London who said we could stay at her house and we slept on her floor sleeping on our yoga mats 
Um, we had yoga mat each and a sleeping bag, and we were lucky to live with her for stay with her in her kind of dining room floor for a month. And within that time, I managed to get a job in the city because you know I worked in finance. Um, got a job really quickly, got paid within a week or so, and then it was a temp job. And then, um, yeah, looked for a flat and found somewhere to live. And then I had a regular income coming in. So I wouldn't recommend doing that. <laughs> it's kind of like it happened and we survived and it was all okay. So then you were, at that point in time, you had a, a what we would call a nine to five. You had You had a job, but then you went into building an entrepreneurial business that was around yeah. finances. What was that? Yes. Well, yeah. So basically, I worked in the city. I worked for a Japanese bank, and it was a temp job. But I stayed there for around about a year, I think. And then I had lots of different jobs. I then went back to university to do my master's degree, and then that was in economics. So then I had another job in corporate, um, kind of working in economics in that field, and it was in. 2009 that I left employment and I set up my first business which well actually I already had a business which was a property business which we can talk about later but I set up a business which was economic consultancy basically into corporate and I've been doing that ever since although a year ago I kind of slowed that right down and so that I could set up another business doing money wealth coaching at the same time so yeah i've been i've been out of employment um since 2009 awesome awesome building your own i love that now i kind of mentioned it at the very onset and that's one of the questions that jumps right into your you know into your mind when I am working with women, a lot of women entrepreneurs, they don't tend to, there's not a lot, a lot of longevity in their business. And a lot of times that is connected to the financial aspect, right? They're, they're, they lose their, their base, their flooring money, whatever it is, because in my opinion, it's, it's a lot of heart centered rather than thinking about the dollars and cents and making sure that you have all of that covered. Why do you feel that entrepreneurs are focused, aren't focused, I should say, on keeping their money and, and holding on to it and building that financial strength within their company? Yeah, I think, first of all, there's a lack of education about um, money. So, you know, I talk about both personal finance and business finance. So we're talking about business finance here. So none of us are educated in business finance. And so we... There's a lot of encouragement, you start a business and do this, but there's not a lot of education about actually what you need to do from a money perspective. There's statistics, I think, that show that a lot of businesses that end, end because of cash flow issues. And it's not that the business isn't profitable, the business is profitable, but there's, there's issues in cash flow. And, you know, you know, as well as I do from running a business, if you need to pay a supplier by a certain date and you don't pay them, then that's an, a, a big issue for your business. They're probably not going to provide for you again in the future if they're worried about, you know, getting paid. And so I think it's something. So I think a lot of it is lack of knowledge, um, lack of education in that area. And I think it's something that when we're starting up new businesses, 
that we need to understand. We need to understand what it means to run a business. I think people understand the service or the product they're providing, but not actually the basics of running the business. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things that that is you like you said you focus on that service that you're providing and not always necessarily tracking the dollars and cents. And I think too, maybe looking forward, like I may have plenty now, but what happens in a few months? Now, what is, at are well, they just, connected? And just add one other thing, actually, there's a lot of talk about, you know, we need to invest in our business and we need this, you know, need this course and this course. And a lot of the mm-hmm. time, there's a lot of truth in that, but sometimes you've got to do it at the right time for you and the right time for your business. So initially, you know, if you're not starting your business with a large cash buffer, then you need to first think about building up that cash buffer before you can start doing some of these other things. Oh, good point. I love that. Very good point. You're right. You're right. Because there's a lot of that out there. There's coaches and consultants and all these things out there and you start networking and you start putting your information out and they're like, well, take my course so you can master your social media and take my course so you can master this and you can master sales and you can master all this. And you could, you could wind up running out of funds really, really quickly. Really, And it's overwhelm, isn't it? In the beginning, it's overwhelm. There's just information overwhelm everywhere. And it's kind of like, I need to know this. I need to know this. I need to know this. But it's a matter, I think, of slowing down and, and, you know, getting the right help and deciding what the right things are to do now and what things can come later once you've actually built up a bit of cash in your business. Yeah. So having a plan, not just for your business growth, but a plan for your business financial growth. Yeah. And I think cash flow, as I keep saying, is actually really important. And another thing as well is there's a lot of um, emphasis on business and about, you know, how much money your business makes. You know, I've got a six-figure business or a seven-figure business. And but in, in many ways, that doesn't mean anything because it's actually about the profit you make. So, you know, it's if you've got high costs and you're not making a lot of profit, then, you know, how feasible it is for you to continue your business. So I think there's a lot of things that we're not taught about finance, business finance. And then, you know, the same thing happens with personal finance. We're not taught personal finance in school either. You know, that's that was the conversation I just had this morning with another gal. She's like, this isn't taught in schools. You know, kids, kids don't, you know, they barely even I don't even know if they teach them how to write a check anymore, how to balance a checkbook, right? That's just unheard of almost. So since you mentioned that, how do we differentiate um, for ourselves the difference between our finances when we're an entrepreneur, our finances and our business finances? How do we do That's that? a really good point. And I, my view is that you must keep them separate because it's you need to keep them separate for taxation purposes and a lot of people, you know, operate their business within their personal bank accounts. So the first thing is have separate bank accounts and make sure all your business expenses come out of your business bank account and your personal expenses come out of your personal bank account. And your business needs to pay you an income. So your business makes profit and then your business pays you an income. And it's up to you how you set that up. Um, I always recommend that your business pays yourself a regular income. You can work out how much that is by maybe looking at the last six months. Because often what happens in a business is, or often what happens in life is it ends up becoming a feast or a famine. You know, business makes a lot of money, so we pay ourselves a lot. But the next couple of months, the business doesn't make much money, so we can't pay ourselves that much. So I say even it out 
work out how much your business made in the last year, work out how much you can afford to pay yourself on a monthly basis while still maintaining a cash buffer within the, the business. And if the business makes more, then you pay yourself a bonus at the end of the year. So, yeah, I'm all for keeping them very separate, business finance and personal finance. The business finance is about the business and the personal finance is about you. And they are related, but the relation is that your business makes money and pays you an income. I like that. And I, I think I agree totally the separate bank accounts. A, it makes accounting so much easier yeah. when it comes to those tax times. But it also helps you with your your mindset, with the way you view it. Right. Absolutely. It's not like, yeah, it's not like, oh, there's a few extra dollars in my bank. If you're doing it all through your personal account, then, oh, there's a few extra dollars, you know, because I sold a few extra programs as opposed to that's a flooring money that's building in your yeah. bank account, in your business bank account. And it just, I, I think it also helps you think about business more, your business more seriously. It has a name, it has a bank, it is an entity as yeah. opposed to part of me kind of thing. I think that's. I absolutely agree with that. I think you're right. It's a mindset thing, isn't it? It's like your business has an, in, is an entity of its own and you, and you have an, you're an entity of your own as well. So they are very separate. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what are some things that women can do? You know, women are listening and they're going, oh, my goodness, they're right. <laughs> you know, they're, talking, they're, they're talking my message. I need to hear this. What are some things that a female entrepreneur can do, a woman entrepreneur can do to become more focused on on building wealth within their their company, that entity? Well, I think that, you know, when we talk about building wealth, I would say that's a personal thing. So as an individual, we build wealth, but a business is one of the ways that we can do it. So and also there's the way I look at it is there's two types of businesses, really, or two main types. So one's a legacy business, which is a business that you can sell in the future and it can operate without you. And then on the other hand, there's a lifestyle business, which does what it says on the tin, it provides you a, a lifestyle, it provides you an income. So I think that if you're building a legacy business, which is one that you can sell in the future, that's very different than say, because in many ways, you part of the way you're building up wealth is for, in this business that you can sell. But if you're operating a lifestyle business, which is really based on you, your personality, the programs you deliver, then it's your business will pay you an income and then it's up to you as an individual to live within your means to have some surplus income which you then invest to um so that's your way of keeping your money and growing it so i think it really depends on what type of business you've got i would also say that even if you have a legacy business which is one that you can sell you should also still be investing as an individual so i hope that makes sense that i make that yeah, it does. Absolutely. It does. Because ev eventually at some point in time, you're going to sell the business or if it's a lifestyle business at some point in time, you're going to want to retire yeah. or at least or at least not have to. I know that for me, I can't ever like I love talking about the brain. Right. So I don't ever see myself not being a professional speaker on some level and being out there speaking. But there comes a time when you don't want to have to be relying on your efforts to cover your yeah. bills, right? Where you want to be in that quote unquote retirement stage 
where you don't have to go out and make the cash register ring if you don't need to. That then becomes something that if you want to do it, you can, but you're not relying on that. So makes makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's now, exactly what I talk about. I talk about retirement. You know, the definition of retirement has changed. It's no longer downing tools at age 65 and putting your feet up. For me, it's about having the choice to stop active work if you want to, because you have enough investments or income from investments that can fund you for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. And like that's, you, that's I don't goal. see myself stopping completely. I, you know, I love what I do. So I see myself maybe having some kind of hybrid approach initially and then seeing, seeing what happens. Yeah, yeah. Doing it when you want it, where you want. <laughs> Right. Yeah, how you goal. want with who you want. <laughs> exactly. All the, freedoms, all the freedoms. Yeah, traveling while you do it, right? Because I love traveling too. So we'll just be yeah. like <laughs> traveling and going wherever we want and teaching whatever, you know, in that in that capacity. That's a great goal. Great goal. Now, I know that women and this this it's a little different in my family, in my with my husband and I, but I know in general, women don't tend to invest as much as men do they don't even though i think at least in in this in the united states it's most of women i think it's 80 percent of the purchasing is done by women i may have that we'd have to look up that statistic i'm not exactly sure on that but um a very much large amount like women buy the groceries they you know yeah. they they write out the the bill for electricity or whatever, like they, they actually spend mostly, but they aren't as focused on creating that wealth. I don't think, or um, I agree with you is investing, like literally have a, having a portfolio. Why do you think that is? I think there's a number of reasons actually. And I think, I mean, there's definitely, yeah, here in the UK as well, there's definitely a gender investment gap, more men invest than women. And we have, you know, pensions here, which is our kind of retirement pot. And men have more money in their retirement pots than women. So I think there's a number of reasons. I think one of them is that, you know, you, as you said, women kind of have the purchasing power and they um, are doing the grocery shopping. So they're much more focused on the family and the needs of their families. So they're kind of thinking about spending the money on the family rather than investing. That's one reason, I think. The second reason is women usually want to feel confident in something before they do it. So if they're going to invest, they want to feel that they've been educated. Whereas men are a bit more gung-ho. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can invest. I'm going to go and do this. And, yeah, I think it's it's a confidence thing. But it's also, you know, it's kind of like, what's the word I'm looking at? It's kind of socialised within society, isn't it, that, you know, men are expected to invest. And the other thing about women, women when women do have money, they tend to save more than invest so having money in the bank and as we both know you don't get very good interest rates at the moment by having your money in a bank account yeah i don't know where it is where you are but you know it's pretty much not worth it here in the uk yeah. so and i think that's a you know again a, a, a attitude to risk thing women tend to be you know um more concerned about risk men a bit more gung-ho but more confident about these kind of things so I, my view is that it's really about education, financial education and educating women so that they feel confident and comfortable about investing. And that's part of what I do. Yeah, absolutely. Which led me to my next question, really, what can we do 
um, to, and, and I wish like I, I went into my investing journey just a few years back. Right. And I'm in my fifties. So I probably really wasn't, I started dabbling in it in my forties, but really didn't heavily start doing it until a few years ago. So for me, you know, in retrospect, I'm just looking back oh, going, oh my goodness, even if my investment was a hundred dollars a month, right. Into an account when I was 25. Oh, <laughs> now it's I know, I know. I'm the same. I probably started around 35. So, you know, like you, I imagine if I started earlier. Exactly. So how can we change, you know, what, what do we do to change that? How do you, how do you get more women thinking about the longer term, right? And, and that investment and building the wealth through investment that way. I definitely think it's financial education. I think that's really, really important. So, you know, we as we've already discussed, we weren't taught this in school. Um, you know, no one's coming knocking on our doors. So it's about educating women so that they know that they, you know, that they need financial education. Also, um, they not just need financial education. Oh, no, hang on, my thoughts just gone then. But also, no, one thing I was going to say is that interestingly, I think younger women are a lot better at investing than older women as well. And I think the FIRE movement, have you heard of the FIRE movement? The fun, um, Financially Independent Retire Early. And it's a, it's a real movement where younger people, men and women, young women are thinking, I'm going to be really frugal, invest all my money, and then I can be financially free and do what I want. And if I want to work, I work. And if I don't, I don't. And I think that has kind of had a bit of a, a ripple effect. And consequently, a lot of younger women have kind of become a lot more interested in investing and, you know, financial freedom. Whereas I think for older women like us in our 50s, that was never talked about when we were young. So, you know, it's a different age group. But one of the things I always say, and what, well, one thing I hear a lot is it's too late now. So what I say is, no, it's not too late. Like starting now is better than starting in five years time. Starting now is better than starting in one year time. Yes, there's the whole thing that, you know, the best time, the Chinese proverb, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is now. So, if you're, if the narrative that you're telling yourself is it's too late, I'm not going to bother, then change that because it's not too late. You know, you can do some things, you know, now. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I love that. So that would be, I was going to ask you, what tip would you give um, women entrepreneurs right now watching this or anybody watching this? What tip would it be? And my guess would be that you would say, learn nah. what you need to learn to start investing <laughs> yeah learn to start doing it you know there's a you know there's a really simple formula to wealth you know because a lot of people talk about wealth and want to be wealthy and people say how do you become wealthy what's the secret there's no secret it's basically a known formula which is make more money than you spend and invest the surplus wisely and that's it and rinse and repeat and but I think where people probably need help is to invest the the surplus wisely. And that's what we need financial education about is how do I invest? How do I get started? But I think the first bit, which is make more money than you spend or live within your means or whatever it is, I think everyone knows that. Um, the difficulty is to do it because there's a lot of emotional reasons why we spend money. You know, we go out and think, oh, oh. Why did I buy that? You know, we look back on some of our purchasing decisions and think, oh, 
why did I buy that? It wasn't such good use of right. my money. <laughs> which which really plays into don't impulse buy, right? Yeah. <laughs> don't impulse buy. Think you really, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I don't preach frugality. Like I'm like, no, I want people to have a good life now and in the future. But what I want people to do is make conscious spending decisions. So if you want to buy something, think about it like, is it a need or is it a want? Now, if it's a need and you need to have it, then okay. But and you can afford it, obviously. But if it's a want, then one of the things I say is ask yourself, how much joy will this bring me in a Marie Kondo kind of way, you know, on a scale of one to ten? Like Marie Kondo is great for that. And if it's not a nine or a ten, why are you buying it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, if it's a five, you kind of think, hang on a minute, why am I buying that? I don't, yeah, I'd rather then think about what other things you could do with that same amount of money. So I always talk about, you know, what are the what are the opportunities? If I don't buy this, what else could I do with this money? Because it's it's finite, isn't it? Well, I say it's finite, but this amount of money you've got is finite. But really, the way we should be thinking is that, you know, time is finite, money isn't. We can always get more money. Yeah. So, yeah, but in the moment, what I've got yeah, in, in my the moment, pocket. In the moment, it's finite. You've got right. 100 pounds. You're thinking about buying it on this dress or $100. How much do you really like this dress? How often, you know, how are you going to feel when you wear it? If it's yeah. a five or a six on a scale of one to 10, like, oh, that's not great. Find something that's going to give you a nine or 10 and you're going to wear it a lot. Yes. <laughs> good point. Very good point. This has been a, we're, we're, we're at that time, but this has been a wonderful conversation. I think it's a necessary conversation. It's a good conversation to have. Uh, it's a good conversation for women to get really comfortable about talking and discussing discussing money and and where they're at. And it's okay to think about building wealth. You know, a lot of people will push back from from that word, but building wealth gives you that ability to retire and then do what you want, what you want to do. So you have a, there's a few ways, cause I know people are going to want it and we'll include this information in the show notes, obviously um, under the video, but there are a few ways that people can get to in touch with you. Uh, you have a great website, which is called retire rich with Vic, right? With Vix. Yeah. Retire rich with Vix. I love that. I love that. Okay. So retire rich with Vix.com. And then you also have a, we're going to pop up your um, link tree connection and there that'll help you to get to uh, your Facebook group because you have a Facebook group. Tell us just a, a little bit about that group. Yeah, I have a free Facebook group for women called the Retire Rich Community. And it's a group of women who, you know, talk all things money. And you raised a good point. We need to we need to normalize talking about money. You know, people surveys show that people would rather talk about sex and money. So money's a taboo, a taboo topic. But when the more we talk about it, the more we can all improve our own financial situation. And mm -hmm. you're right. You know, well, some people have negative. You know, the word wealth has some negative connotations. But there's nothing wrong with wanting to be wealthy. And also, wealth isn't just about money. It's about time. It's about relationships. You know, it's lots of different things. Yeah. Great points. Well, Vix, you have been a joy to um, interview today. I thank you very much for being on the Women Entrepreneurs Show. And we look forward to staying connected. I'm going to go um, follow you on the on all of the different uh, different social media. For those who are listening, if you enjoyed this information, 
this is a message that you think needs to be heard within your community, connect them, connect them to VIX and like thumbs up and share this, this video. And once again, VIX, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. So again, all of the ways to stay connected with VIX are going to be in our show notes and you've also seen them pop up here on the screen. So be sure to do that. If you want to become more active or involved in the women entrepreneurs community with women entrepreneurs extraordinaire, please go to womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. It is all plural. So women entrepreneurs with an S extraordinaire. I know it's a mouthful. I should have thought of that when I was branding, um, but go there, check out the website to have your profile on the website, get some SEO punch for your business. It's just $25 a year right now. So it's just, it's an amazing little way to fill out the profile. You can put a ton of information, links to all your your key websites or social media sites or whatever you want to put it to uh, there on the website. So join us in that community. You can also join Women Entrepreneurs Extraordinaire Facebook group and share. I encourage people to share in there, share your messaging, share what's going on, share things you have to to promote. I mean, that's totally what this is about is supporting women entrepreneurs. So do that. If you're interested in this podcast, being a guest, or you have a topic you want to see covered, or you have someone that you've met, someone wonderful like Vix, and you were like, I think she needs to be on the show, then be sure to send us an information or send us a, a message at info at womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. Again, all plural, or you can also send Kelly Cooper, our she's our our liaison for all things women entrepreneurs. You can shoot her an email at Kelly at K-E-L-L-I, womenentrepreneursextraordinaire.com. And again, if you find someone that you think or you think this is a good message that needs to be heard or there were tidbits that you think should be shared, then by all means, share out the video and join our, our communities. And until we talk next time, I want everyone to take a nice deep breath, put your face in the sun, and simply enjoy every moment.